Chapter 24 of The Prince and the Pauper by Mark Twain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Escape The short winter day was nearly ended. The streets were deserted, save for a few random stragglers and those hurried straight along with the intent look of people who were only anxious to accomplish their errands as quickly as possible, and then snugly housed themselves from the rising wind in the gathering twilight. They looked neither to the right nor to the left. They paid no attention to our party. They did not even seem to see them. Edward the Sixth wondered if the spectacle of a king on his way to jail had ever encountered such marvelous indifference before. By and by, the constable arrived at a deserted market square and proceeded to cross it, but when he had reached the middle of it, Hendon laid his hand upon his arm and said in a low voice, Bide a moment, good sir. There is none in hearing, and I would say a word to thee. My duty forbids it, sir. Prithee hinder me not, the night comes on. Stay, nevertheless, for the matter concerns thee nearly. Turn thy back a moment and seem not to see. Let this poor lad escape. This to me, sir. I arrest thee in... Nay, be not so hasty. See thou be careful and commit no foolish error. Then he shut his voice down to a whisper, and he said in the man's ear, The pig thou hast purchased for eightpence may cost thee thy neck, man. The poor constable, taken by surprise, was speechless at first, then found his tongue and fell to blustering and threatening, but Hendon was tranquil and waited with patience till his breath was spent, then said, I have a liking to thee, friend, and would not willingly see thee come to harm. Observe, I heard it all, every word. I will prove it to thee. Then he repeated the conversation which the officer and the woman had had together in the hall, word for word, and ended with, There, have I set it forth correctly? Should not I be able to set it forth correctly before the judge, if occasion required? The man was dumb with fear and distress for a moment. Then he rallied, and he said with forced lightness, "'Tis making a mighty matter indeed out of jest. I but plagued the woman for mine amusement. Kept you the woman's pig for amusement? The man answered sharply, "'Naught else, good sir, I tell thee twas but a jest.' "'I do begin to believe thee,' said Hendon, with a perplexing mixture of mockery and half-conviction in his tone." But tarry thou here a moment, whilst I run back and ask his worship, for natheless, he being a man experienced in law, in jests, in... He was moving away, still talking. The constable hesitated, fidgeted, spat out an oath or two, and then cried out, Hold, hold, good sir, prithee wait a little, the judge. Why, man, he hath no more sympathy with a jest than half a dead corpse. Come, and we will speak further. Odd's body... I seem to be an evil case, and all for an innocent and thoughtful pleasantry. I'm a man of family, and my wife and little ones. List to reason, good your worship, what wouldst thou of me? Only that thou be blind and dumb and paralytic, whilst one may count one hundred thousand. Counting slowly, said Hendon, with an expression of a man who asks but a reasonable favor, and that a very little one. It is my destruction, said the constable despairingly. Ah, be reasonable, good sir, only look at this matter, on all of its sides, and see how mere a jest it is, 
how manifestly and how plainly it is so and even if one granted it was not a jest it is a fault so small that even the grimmest penalty it could call forth would be but a rebuke and a warning from the judge's lips hendon replied with a solemnity which chilled the air about him this jest of thine hath a name in law what you what it is i know it not peradventure i have been unwise i never dreamed it had a name ah sweet heaven i thought it was original yet it hath a name in the law this crime is called non compus mantis lex talionis sic transit gloria mundi ah my god and the penalty is death god be merciful to me a sinner by advantage taken of one fault in dire peril and at thy mercy thou hast these goods worth above thirteen pence ha'penny paying but a trifle for the same and this in the eye of the law is constructive variety misprision of treason malfeasance in office ad dominum expurgatis in statu quo and the penalty is death by the halter without ransom commutation or benefit of clergy bear me up bear me up sweet sir my legs do fail me be thou merciful spare me this doom i will turn my back and see naught that shall happen good now thou'rt wise and reasonable and thou'lt restore the pig i will i will indeed nor ever touch another though heaven sent it and an archangel fetch it go i am blind for thy sake i see nothing i will say thou didst break in and wrest the prisoner from my hands by force it is but a crazy ancient door i will batter it down myself betwixt midnight and the morning do it good soul no harm will come of it the judge hath a loving charity for this poor lad and will shed no tears and break no jailer's bones for his escape End of chapter 24 Read by Katie Caselli in Apex, North Carolina